0: and welcome back into mining stock daily this is trevor hall and we have another corporate up update today and interview this will be our final corporate update of the day happy to welcome in the ceo of emx royalty corp mr dave cole dave it has been quite a wild couple of weeks for you in the company not only with news uh but also with the share price action uh but first uh, welcome to the show how have you been my friend
1: you know, I'm doing super well, Trevor. It's always my pleasure to talk to you.
0: Uh, we're going to just jump right out of the gates here and talk about new all-time highs uh, for the EMX ticker. Just looking at the ticker on the Venture Exchange, Dave, <clears throat> you surpassed and went above $4 a share. Um, that is the, the new all-time high of the company. It's now kind of settled in today as we're talking, trading about $3.72 Canadian I mean, it's got to be an exciting time. I mean, you, you, we, you've been pounding the table of uh, of the value EMX has provided to shareholders and new sh- and new people looking at the company. Um, it's got to be an exciting time for you. Can we just kind of get your overall thoughts of uh, of where you were at last week and and watching this price movement?
1: Yeah, happy to talk about that. Uh, as you said, John, you know, been been expounding upon the value of the portfolio and how it's accreted now for several years. Uh, it's great to see some some portion of the traction that we deserve recognized in the market. Um, I think we all thought we all recognized that it was just only a matter of time before a repricing event uh, would occur. Uh, delighted to see that um, in action. Um, I'm hopeful that that uh, um, folks don't sell too early. Uh, because when you look at the intrinsic value of the portfolio, um, we've got we've got a ways to go before we reach proper valuation. Not to mention the fact that you know the team just continues to augment our our, our portfolio going forward.
0: Uh, it, it did move up pretty quickly. I mean, in a matter of you know just a couple of days and maybe a week or two. Uh, you know, would you consider this a healthy move, or would you have liked to maybe slow this down a little bit?
1: Yeah, I always like to see it slower um, and consolidated, but that's not the way markets work, I guess. <laughs> uh, the, it doesn't surprise me to, to see it consolidating here below uh, below that $4 mark. Um, psychological levels such as you know a new dollar mark are commonly a, a place where it, it, it brings in uh, selling. Um, and I think it'd be healthy for us to to trade sideways here for a little while and consolidate before we move up the next leg.
0: Where were those buyers coming from, Dave? Do you have any idea of
1: where? I, I do, actually, Trevor, because you know I've been attending so many uh, Zoom investor conferences around the world, which is vastly more efficient and easier on me than flying to Singapore, Zurich, London. <laughs> and so it's a lot less jet lag. Um, I don't mind getting up at odd hours. It's easier than getting on a jet airplane. And and here's what's unique about those recent numerous investor conferences is that new faces and typically generalists and generalist fund managers, uh, generalist individual investors saying, I'm looking for metal exposure. I'm looking for hard asset exposure. And we've heard about the royalty model. Teach us. Tell us more about it. And so that's new money coming in. Uh, I, I think that the, the intelligent um, interior, you know, the, the, hard, the hard asset group already was aware of what was going on, has already gotten long, has already been accumulating stock astutely uh, over long periods of time, putting us in a position where we were ripe for a melt-up. And uh, because the the functional float that's out there just continued to decrease as so smart money continued to accumulate, and then you bring in some new folks, generalists, <clears throat> they're looking for a diversification strategy within their within their portfolio, and uh, um, bada bing, yeah. things start to move.
0: You know, the royalty company in the royalty business model is always kind of perceived as maybe one of the first bets when it comes to if you're expecting a big move in the precious metals price. A lot of money flows into the royalty companies first um, because it just it, people have a sense that that's a safer bet. You're not going to get these drastic moves as you would with some of the junior explorers or developers. And so when we saw this big leg down in, um, in March, I mean, we saw a little bit more inflows at that time as well. You know, on top of that, just kind of curious—not only in North America, but what have the inflows of buyers been like overseas in Europe? I know your investor relations person, Isabel Belger, in Germany has been working really diligently a couple for the last yeah. couple of years. Uh, so, in Europe, what's the what's the buying been like then over the last few months?
1: You know, the, the European money—they uh, love to hear about the story more than once. Um, they want that continued communication. They want to learn about what's going on, get to know management, and then buy and hold. And so it's great for us to build a shareholder base. We've been quite successful at doing that. A great example is the first time I went to Geneva. I gave a presentation to a room that was nearly full, and I asked, who all is a shareholder? You know, I like to do that when I give a presentation. Who's a shareholder? Please raise your hand. It gives me a sense of, of um, uh, how much detail I need to go into with respect to what we're doing in the company nobody raises their hand first time so a couple years later I'm back traveling through Geneva and I say it again and a third of the people in the room raise their hand it's like okay we're building a shareholder base there and they're, um, you know because of the, the the history of the German mark and and a cultural aspects that they have you know they really like to have precious metals exposure mm. and um, and they tend to be folks that, that as I said get to know management buy and hold
0: all uh- right Obviously, you are a shareholder of the company. I'm a shareholder of the company. Uh, It has been noted for the last few months just how many shares you have been accumulating through your own money. In fact, I was kind of doing some rough math, and I kind of looked like most of your salary, if not all or more than your salary, was going back into the company all of last year. But during this last move in the last few weeks, I'm just curious, have you sold any or have you, when was the last time you have bought?
1: So the last time I bought was during the COVID dip. Um, And then we had some options that were expiring, which I exercised and held. Um, And now those two combined, um, so those are within the last several months, uh, uh, were about 200,000 shares. That's the last time that I accumulated stock. Uh, Haven't sold any, don't plan on selling any. Um, I think we've got a a long ways to go, actually. got a great business model, great team. uh, And I I believe we're in the early stages of this bull market as well, Trevor.
0: Okay. Well, very good. Uh, Let's go back into some of the news, uh, the recent news. You actually finally, and I think a lot of people are really happy to see this, you have royalty assets in Canada now. So let's go back and and visit that news. And um, what kind of came about this uh, moving into the Abitibi?
1: yeah we're we're happy to be in the superior province so we think it's just a great place to be we've um, traditionally moved into different regions of the world when we had the right intellectual talent to do so and we could tell an intellectual talent acquisition story around every business unit that we have around the world and this one boils down to a gentleman that we have on staff uh, Sergio Catalini, who's an excellent geologist with a broad background in Canada, has been helping us out now for some time. And he, he uncovered this uh, portfolio held by Perry English, who's a very well-known prospect generator, private prospect generator in Ontario and Quebec. And Perry has, um, at, at, I believe, partially at his wife's insistence, uh, has, has decided to, to um, retire. And so he sold us his entire portfolio, 60 property positions, uh, makes us one of the larger mineral rights holder now in Ontario. And we're very pleased about that. Um, that included 39 royalties initially. I believe we've already converted some of the other properties into royalties as well, so 40 plus royalties in that portfolio now. One of the cool things about the deals that Perry English wrote is that they have cash payments coming in before production. We expect this portfolio to pay for itself within three and a half years or so, maybe even three years, uh, and then we'll own all those royalties as uh, optionality and upside into the future.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing. This is this kind of reminds me of your deal with Corvus, where you were able to pick up the royalty projects around the Pogo mine by a strategic investment with Corvus. But I mean, that deal back to practically paid for itself based on the Corvus share price movement within months, if not weeks.
1: No. and and the, and um, similarly with Milrock, and Milrock's doing a great job up there. And our Milrock position, we still hold that position, has done really well. We're bullish on what Greg Beicher's doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know we, we could go into a number of these assets that you have in your portfolio that is expected to become royalty paying and in production uh, within the next couple of years. I don't really want to continue to just hammer that home. I know you did a great sure. interview with, with Maurice yeah. of Proven Improbable just, I think, last week or the week before. Uh, so let's try to do a little bit more of a different spin on this. And I actually want to ask you about the royalty genera- generator business model. Mm -hmm. I've had a number of discussions with other CEOs and executives who have that business model as their own. And more than a handful of times, they, they come back and say, we would like to be EMX and kind of make that hump from a royalty or excuse me, from a project generator model into a royalty business. Mm -hmm. Just how difficult is this business starting out as a project generator business model? How difficult is it to finally reach that success to, make royal, become a royalty company?
1: Yeah. How difficult is it? Um, It it takes persistence and it takes smart people and it takes capital. And um, each of those have their level of difficulty um, and stick to itness and sticking to the model. But the rubber meets the road in the prospect generator business model, not in acquiring assets, but in getting them sold. And lots of prospect generators do a great job of acquiring prospective mineral rights and expounding upon the, the uh, prospectivity. Uh, but don't do necessarily a great job of getting them sold or having the deals that they execute when they sell be distinctly accretive to the shareholders of their company. And that's one of the areas where we focus. And I think that's one of the things that has separated us from the prospect generator crowd uh, is our ability to get projects sold in bad markets and good markets. And there was a paradigm shift that we had early in the history of then termed Eurasian Minerals, same company as EMX Royalty Corporation. Uh, We went from looking for joint ventures where we have the option to dilute to a royalty, to saying all we want is a royalty, but because we're giving up 100% project equity, the royalty needs to be a good one. And that actually accelerated deal flow because our customers, uh, people looking for discovery opportunities, major companies and junior companies. Wanted 100% project equity. That's what they want. So we said, yeah, we're going to avail 100% project equity. This accelerated deal flow and enabled us to grow our royalty portfolio more quickly and not have stagnation within the portfolio. I.e., projects that are not moving and selling, because anything that you have is a liability until you sell it, and then it becomes an asset. So um, I think that was one of the, the the paradigm shifts that we had. It said, let's let's not look for joint ventures. Let's just we're going to go, dilute to a royalty in all probability anyways, so let's just negotiate the royalty up front. And that had the added benefit of going through – going from a, uh, a commercial document that was uh, two inches thick to a half an inch thick. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and so that saved a lot of money on legal fees as well because it's a royalty document. And Let's get this thing sold. And, of course, we love to incorporate pre-production payments um, wow. that tend to escalate over time in those deals.
0: You have one of the most versatile companies that I think anybody has ever created. I mean, I think, you know, I I have a number of uh, conversations with colleagues that that have some interest in EMX. I was just having one yesterday actually with my mentor and a good friend of yours, uh, Dr. Steve Enders. Um, And he was stating how he's, you know, kind of partnering with Eric Jensen over there at EMX and, you know, Mm -hmm. looking at some different projects as well. You have boots on the ground in Scandinavia. You have boots on the ground up in Canada. Um, I mean, you have people all over the place. You know, when you talk about versatility, when you were first starting EMX, was versatility one of the key things you knew you had to develop as a company? Or is this something that just kind of morphed over time?
1: It comes back to this concept of of people resources first. So what I always focus on was acquiring the best economic geologists with juice to go out and get this business model done and uh, then leverage their talent into the portfolio. Um, We have skipped around the world with respect to where we execute that based upon our analysis of uh, the various risks involved. And, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it's good to cast a broad net uh, and to see what you can what you can catch.
0: Um, how does that compare to other royalty companies that you are in the same likes with now on the market? Oh,
1: that's that's an interesting conversation, Trevor. So you know our royalty competitors, what I like to to point out to folks is that is that we're value players in a momentum world. And most of our competitors are momentum players, and um, the market likes deal flow, and they give them deal flow, and we will acquire, royalties at nearly any price. They're willing to issue large quantities of shares to acquire royalty portfolios. And thus far, the market has rewarded them for that because I don't believe that the market fully has digested the long-term risk within those portfolios and what the um, value proposition is. We, we, you know, as you know, and pointed out previously <laughs> today, uh, you know, our deals are value-oriented and values in our DNA we're going to grow our portfolio carefully. We're going to allocate capital very carefully. We believe that the most astute allocation of capital is the organic growth royalties through execution of the royalty generation business model. Long term, those are the least expensive royalties to grow. We call it the get rich slow plan. It's distinctly accretive, but it does take a long time to build that portfolio, which which speaks to one of your previous questions, right? And that need to have stick to itiveness. Uh, just stay with it, you know, keep executing the model. Then, um, you know, we do have the benefit of being able to buy royalties to augment that uh, portfolio if and when we can find them um, at astute pricing, which occasionally we do, which occasionally we do.
0: Dave, what else should we leave our listeners with or would you like to share with them about EMX royalty before we let you go?
1: The folks that do the most in-depth analysis of our portfolio tend to like us the most. And that has to do with uh, you know, one of my challenges is that our, we have a more complex business model because we make strategic investments. We buy royalty portfolios. We grow royalties organically. Um, and I need to, to explain that to a world that likes a simple story and wants results by next weekend. And, and uh, you know, this is a buy and hold business model it has been from the beginning and uh, um, take your time study the assets that we have, the team's ability to continue to augment those assets uh, and see the long-term value.
0: Dave, appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Trevor, my pleasure always.
0: That's David Cole. He's the CEO of EMX Royalty, trades on the TSX Venture and the NYSE with the symbol EMX. I am a shareholder, and I also hold options into the company. Thank you, Dave.
1: Thank you.